Welcome everyone to this second live Ask Us Anything session. Today, Franz and I are hosting this session about identity governance and passwordless. For today, we invited uh, Samantha Klaus-Gilkens uh, from Microsoft. Well, she's working for Microsoft in the CXP identity division. She's day-to-day -day working on those topics like identity governance and passwordless. So that was the reason why we invited her, because during the poll we had in the past recent, one of the, the outcome was the identity governance and passwordless were popular topics. So that's the reason why we invented her as well to discuss these and prepared uh, some statements for Samantha. But as mentioned, Samantha had some difficulties with her laptop and trying to keep up and um, uh, joining as quickly as possible. But we want to just move on and then, yeah, just making the best of it. And hopefully we'll, she will join us uh, quickly. But meanwhile, friends and I, we just want to start with some statements about identity governance and puzzlers. And one of the things is, yeah, why is identity governance that much important? And hopefully, uh, Samantha is able to uh, yeah, answer these questions as well. What, what you are seeing in this modern world is collaborating is, is getting more and more easier. And uh, companies are able to work in virtual teams, particularly in this, this COVID situation. Everyone is working from home. And uh, yeah, using your identity and working with other organizations, Microsoft made it pretty easy with the Microsoft 365 productivity suite. So that's another incentive and reasoning why identity governance becoming more and more uh, important. And hopefully, Samantha, hello there. Hello. Hey. Oh, good. I have sound. I don't have camera, or do I? Can you see me? There's no camera. So that Could made be. that made my nice insider dog food program crash last time. So I'm very scared turning it off and on again because it will probably crash again. Let's have a conversation, Samantha. The topics for today, identity governance and passwordless. But first, maybe you can have a short introduction for yourself. Yes, good idea. So hi, everyone. My name is Sam Close. I'm an identity program manager at Microsoft. So I work for the identity product group. I'm based out of the Netherlands. In my role, I mostly help our big enterprise customers deploy Azure AD premium features but also part of my job is getting that really useful information from these customers and get that back to uh, our engineers who can actually build the cool stuff that our customers need um, and not only the stuff that we think they need. In your previous role, you're working in the Netherlands and nowadays uh, directly with the product team to give feedback on the product team and working together to make it a nicer product. That is what you're doing nowadays. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. For the topics of today, we will start with some statements, true or false. And after that, you make some explanation why it's true or false, but only short answer on the first hand. Passwordless makes the use of identity more safe, or in other words, work safer and easier without passwords. True or false? True. Second one, I don't know my password because I don't use it anymore. I'd love to say true, but it's false. <laughs> <laughs> In five years, we will no longer use passwords anymore. True. That were the three statements about passwordless, but why within five years, why we don't use any passwords anymore? So we see passwords being one of the biggest attack vectors in current cybersecurity landscape. So this is why there is a big push from Microsoft and other companies, just like the, the industry as a whole, to push for passwordless solutions. So you see it popping up all over the place. You see these standards like FIDO2, 
we see these products coming out. Uh, we'll have some big announcements at Ignite next week. So this is why I'm saying like, yes, because of the focus on these dangerous passwords and getting rid of them, I think in five years, we at least have the possibility to be entirely passwordless. Nowadays, we're still using passwords, but why is there a safer world when we don't use passwords anymore? You a little bit explained it already, but if we put it on, no passwords are safer at all? Yes. So part of my team do this and did go entirely passwordless. The reason why I still know my password and I was not one of them is because I had very, very early dog food. This is also why my machine crashed. Hey, I, I love dog fooding, like everything. So I have the earliest build of everything, which is sometimes not the best idea. So my Windows crashed today. and uh, But we also had like a very, very early version of the Authenticator app where I turned on like the first option of passwordless, like the first internal build of passwordless, uh, which wasn't which then broke when we actually got the possibility from Microsoft IT to turn it on, which is the reason why I still need my password because I need a fallback mechanism because I actually broke my internal build of Past App myself. But my, the rest of my team, most of them, have already gone entirely passwordless that we just don't need it anymore. Uh, uh, as long as all apps are modern and support those passwordless methods, they've now chosen to let Microsoft IT just randomize their passwords completely and not know their passwords anymore. Obviously, we always have the, the it as a fallback mechanism and we can do self-service password reset if at some point we would need our password. Mm -hmm. uh, but the idea is that we would never need it and doing an internal test on um, seeing how far we go and if we really don't need our passwords anymore. I think, Samantha, everyone agrees that passwordless, going passwordless will be more secure and you're reducing the attack factor. And of course, it's more user convenient in most cases. Can you explain what, what options we do have when it comes to a uh, passwordless solution? I, I believe there are many, many options out there, but if you're talking about Microsoft's approach or strategy, what are the passwordless options we do have today? Yes, so from a Microsoft, Microsoft perspective, we have a few passwordless uh, features available. So first and foremost is our Windows Hello for Business which is FIDO2 certified, so kind of also a FIDO2 solution that lets you use a PIN or biometrics log on to your Windows 10 device. This is the solution that Microsoft considers to be the best passwordless method when it comes to user experience and logging into your Windows 10 devices. But then obviously we also have to log into things that are not our Windows 10 device or are not necessarily on our Windows 10 device. So next up, yeah. we have passwordless phone sign-in with the Microsoft Authenticator app. Um, this is where the off app will prompt you with number matching, um, number matching solutions. So you have to pick the right number to approve a sign in uh, to one of your apps. And lastly, we also have uh, the FIDO2 security keys that connect into Azure AD. We see this mostly being very handy when it comes to shared workstation scenarios uh, or scenarios where employees might not get to carry phones, like on a factory floors or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. security thing. Yeah. There are many, many options there. And, and when it comes to, you mentioned already, it's one of, of the prerequisites is you have to go modern. And with modern, we, we are assuming your applications are modernized, uh, integrated with Azure AD, for example. That's actually giving you the most out of it because you can then apply your passwordless options you mentioned in regards to those application or modern applications. When your applications are not able to talk modern, uh, how how you cope with that? Are there other options for address those challenges? 
So usually with like legacy applications and if they're not modern enough, we're still stuck with passwords because that's the world we knew before. Then we do have like all these kinds of password solutions where you can uh, save your password like in the browser or like in the newly updated authenticator app where we have this feature called autofill. Autofill today is only working for Microsoft accounts, so not your work school accounts. So it's not enterprise ready yet. But we are talking to enterprise customers and having like deep dives on seeing what that enterprise great solution would need to look like. So that's meant to cover the scenario of basically all apps that cannot do single sign-on with Azure AD today. So we are looking at like this new autofill capability in time to also evolve into an enterprise great solution. So that's the one to keep an eye on in the future. Samantha, if we look at passwordless, you mentioned already Azure AD single sign-on to web applications. But if I look at my desktop, Windows Hello for Business, phone sign-in, security keys like Fido, I think passwordless is not a switch that you can turn on. What should be the approach to implement a good passwordless strategy in a normal environment, in an enterprise environment, for example? Right. So you're totally right. It's just not, it's not only a a flip of a switch. There are some switches that you can enable stuff on and you should. (laughs) So that's good. But there's a few steps you go through. At large, you could say there's four steps for the rollout. You would need to first roll out either Azure MFA or start using something that we call temporary access pass to actually bootstrap your passwordless credential. Then you have to make sure that you have the right hardware, whether that's a phone to actually do the Microsoft Auth, like install the Microsoft Auth app on, or a Windows Hello for Business device where you definitely prefer to have a TPM chip to secure your pin on. Biometrics is not requirement necessarily because just with the pin, it is also like a full Windows Hello for Business solution. But if you want to use biometrics, obviously you would need a device that can handle that, is capable of doing that. Uh, The ones that we've talked about before already, applications must support modern authentication. So definitely moving to those apps or moving your apps to modern authentication um, if you own those apps. And then you're at the last point where we do have a little bit of a switch, like registering for passwordless and starting to use it. We have our authentication methods, Blade and Azure AD, where you can find our passwordless solutions in. We'll also actually be adding all other available authentication methods to that authentication methods blade. So definitely that's the place where you want to see for like MFA, for SSPR, everything's going to like turn up in authentication methods. This will also include authentication methods API. So that's currently in beta and it's going to go V1 pretty soon or at least parts of it. So that's where you would look. It has like a switch to enable it for all users or for less select users, but also has more settings, for example, set for your FIDO2 security keys or your um, Microsoft Auth passwordless sign-in app. Yeah, so actually the authentication methods gives organizations the capability to implement passwordless in a phased approach and based on your current needs or your requirements, you can apply those. Yes. Yeah, cool. Passwordless is one of my favorite topics. The statement of, uh, are we uh, within five years, you mentioned that we are no longer using passwords uh, anymore. So hopefully we are managing that to, to get passwordless natively. Although uh, I believe Bill Gates mentioned in 2004 in uh, the RSA conference uh, already that passwords don't fit for the purpose anymore the way we are working today. So yeah, hopefully we will... Uh, uh, we will manage that one. 
When we're looking forward in the future regards to passwordless, I have also heard about all the new capabilities like decentralized identities. Eh? And today we are actually in, in a world where we all federated with other organizations and then we can easily use our identities to access resources from other organizations. How are you looking to that initiative of the decentralized identities and the way that you as an uh, owning your own identity and responsible for your own identity? How does that fit in with the, the Microsoft yeah, vision of passwords in, in the near future? Right. So when we talk about decentralized identities, uh, we talk less about it in a passwordless perspective, but more on who owns your entire digital identity, which is then exactly what we're looking at, decentralized identity. So it is early days. We do have a working preview. Uh, we're calling it verifiable credentials. So if you see that feature pop up, that's the uh, our first Microsoft solution uh, that works with decentralized identities. Basically, you've already mentioned some of the things. It's a, it's a new way to exchange verify information about people, about organizations, about other things between those people and organizations. It puts you in control of your own personal information. It's trustworthy, all kinds of things on blockchain, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the main thing, what people are going to look at this for is privacy. So if we're starting to talk GDPR and privacy concerns that we have, and these will only grow with technology moving as fast as it is, decentralized identities is definitely going to play a big role in that. Look into the future. Uh, we have to also uh, keep mention of uh, decentralized identities because if credentials are on other systems, we have to verify that it is who it is before we can give them access. Right. And we want that person to be able to do that by themselves and not having to wait for an organization to press, yes, indeed, this person is that person. Before we hand over to our next topics, because uh, time is uh, time is going forward, one last question on the passwordless uh, strategy: temporary access pass feature recently introduced. What is it, and how can it help solve challenges? Right, I think that also goes a bit on the question in the chat, the chicken and egg story. So that's good. So a temporary access are time limited credential that eliminates the MFA requirement that you need to register a passwordless credential. So that's why we build it. This credential would satisfy MFA and allows a user that doesn't have their credential, doesn't know their password, we never give them their password, to onboard their own passwordless credentials in a safe, secure way with strong off uh, in place. And also recover credentials if they don't have a password or anything to work with. Also, what it helps with is if you by accident, leave your FIDO key at home and we're back at the office. So this is like a very future scenario. We're back at the office, you leave your FIDO key at home. Temporary access pass can give you a workaround to temporarily get into your account and do what you need to do, which is still a strong off version. This temporary access pass can have a lifetime ranging anywhere between 10 minutes and 30 days. You can schedule them for a future date. Also, you can configure them to either be can be used multiple times or just for one-time use. And the, the challenge that mainly solves is the setting up of strong passwordless credentials when you just never, ever know your password. So you cannot use your password to bootstrap the credential. The question that we had in the chat uh, was uh, regarding registering MFA or uh, your security options when you onboard and nowadays uh, working from home, sometimes challenging. If a laptop is shipped, uh, you log on with autopilot and then you have to, uh, you will be prompted and you have to register your auth methods. 
with the temporary access pass, uh, we have uh, the possibility to make that possible within 10 minutes, a half an hour or whatever, but only for that moment that the user is needed to register uh, their methods. That's correct. Yes. Uh, and although it's meant to be for those passwordless credentials, obviously you will be able to use it for other credentials as well. But I see like there's another scenario if you look at non-passwordless. So you do know your password and you bootstrap your device and you're doing autopilot. So that means your Azure AD joined at some point. You could also look at securing your registration page of MFA or your security info page. You can secure that with conditional access and you, for example, could secure it either on network, which is not a necessarily great solution when you're talking about out of office, but you could also secure it with things like a hybrid join or for the autopilot Azure AD join scenario with compliant device from Intune. That is a follow-up question, uh, but then you would remove the limitation of only allowing registering auth methods from trusted networks. That's correct, isn't it? You could, yes. You could yeah. use tab instead of that, yes. Yeah. Okay, if we look at passwordless, I think if you didn't start already with it, you have to start with it because it's adding a safer environment within your enterprise environment and make your users make safer use of all the applications that you can give to them. Let's head over to the identity governance part and the next topic. Also starting with three uh, statements, uh, Samantha. Uh, first one, use of external or guest accounts is a curse or a blessing? Blessing. <laughs> identity governance is becoming the new holy grail of identity governance in a cloud world. Yes, true. Identity governance is much more than technology. True. Very, yeah, very true. why? It's process. <laughs> it's all about process. <laughs> when you start talking about life cycle and management, you start talking about process. So the technology is there to support the process. That's it. Yeah. And if we look at the holy grail in the cloud world for identity governance, you said true. But why? Why is that true? So what we're doing with identity governance it's a whole feature set. So we're trying to cover the entire lifecycle management across all your identities that you work with. So both internal, external, we try to cover it all. It does obviously like include a bit more than what we try to focus identity governance on, where we try to focus identity governance and obviously like our future developments are focused into the cloud world and Azure AD. But you also probably all know about uh, MIM, so Microsoft Identity Manager, that's still also like very much part of entirety of identity governance products that we have at Microsoft because they're still an on-premises world and we still have other directories to connect into not only AD and Azure AD. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair point you're making, uh, Samantha. If you're looking uh, to a greenfield uh, cloud-native company, then I think uh, identity governance as it is today, then we have a lot of capabilities like self-service, renting access to, for example, teams, security groups, and so on. What can we expect in the near future when it comes to the hybrid scenario, the hybrid uh, story, for example? You mentioned already MIM. Eh? Many people are declaring MIM for that. We already talked that a little bit uh, in preparation. We uh, <laughs> exclusively leave that question or statement out. Eh? But personally, I see the positioning of MIM is that indeed you are facing the, the hybrid scenarios. And isn't also kind of a bootstrap or an enabler to get companies 
moving towards a, a cloud implementation also because Microsoft is involving with their capabilities from Azure AD. Yes, exactly. So so that is the focus. That's the strategy for Microsoft for identity management is like that you use Azure AD and its features to manage enterprises at scale. It's yeah. a cloud solution. That means scale. We do that in the cloud. It's the future is where we develop. But then MIM is definitely there to help customers then populate and transition to Azure AD for their identity management. But you're seeing that, that the entire lifecycle management, you're starting with coupling or linking an HR system. Then you have the automatic joiner mover or lever process in there. That's also an important part of identity governance. And also that one is involving, isn't it? Getting more support for HR systems, make it more easier to connect those systems to Azure AD. Right. Yes, there's a lot of provisioning either directly with HR systems that we work with, like Workday or SuccessFactors, that we already have connectors for either into AD on-premises or to Azure AD. But also skin provisioning is a big part of the work we're doing there so that you can use skin. And if you if your HR solution then supports that or your app supports that because yeah. app provisioning also works with it, you could use skin for that. And then it, it's all about like the steps after that is provisioning to either AD or Azure AD and syncing users from AD to Azure AD, either with Azure AD Connect or with the new Azure AD Connect Cloud Sync, or even like using MIM if we're talking about other directories too. And then you start about like the lifecycle actually within the tenant where you're like assigning users to resources and roles, and then you use features like entitlement management and privilege identity management and that app provisioning, all that kind of stuff starts uh, to be important. So actually this is the the glue and then connects all the dots together regards to provisioning and make it an automated process. When it comes to processes, you mentioned already, one of the statements Franz asked you is identity governance. It's much more than technology. You definitely say, yeah, that's full true. It's process. And sometimes process is always challenging to keep up and warm them. What would be your suggestion or the, the approach for especially companies which are starting with identity governance where to start? Is there kind of a blueprint where you can start? With, what are the common practices to implement identity governance? Right. It is a lot. And it all depends on what you've already have running. So if you're running MIMS, like it's all of these kind of things that we have to take care of. And it is a big thing because we're going to look at like identity lifecycle, access lifecycle, um, a privilege access, like everything comes up in, in exactly. management. So I see a lot of my customers looking at identity governance products for uh, starting with scenarios and then building out those scenarios. So one of the big scenarios that I see is for external users starting like to get complete grip of their maybe not not even using B2B collaboration uh, now. So then first start looking at this identity governance, entitlement management, access reviewing, all that kind of jazz. And then start inviting in these guest users into your tenant via the process of entitlement management so that you have complete control over your guest user lifecycle. You can then build out different scenarios. So then you have a project running and you start using entitlement management to do time-based access control on resources that have to do with that project. So I kind of see it as a scenario build approach. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting uh, talking about or thinking about scenarios. That's also the other statement. Are external users or guest accounts, are there a curse or a blessing? Uh, that's exactly what I mentioned. The way Microsoft 365 and the way Microsoft is positioning their productivity suite, it's a blessing from the way we can easily collaborate with others and working in virtual teams. But from the other side, how to keep up with all those placeholders which are actually living in your tenant? 
Yes, so that's something that we definitely see our customers struggle with. So one for already like the existing users, we have this thing called access reviews, which basically is an attestation tool that recurring reviews of who has access to what. And using that, there's like this feature in access reviews called disable and delete, which makes you like if somebody doesn't need access anymore and you go through this approval workflow and and, uh, once that's reviewed and it's okay, and like that guest user is then disabled and afterwards deleted. So this is now a new way where you can clean up your um, still B2B uh, records in your um, in your tenant. And then entitlement management is kind of like more of a futuristic, like it, that will take a while to get there. If you're already doing B2B, you have all these guest users, you have to get those under control. We're working on giving you more to do with those already existing users. But then if you start using entitlement management, you can already do like settings on all these access to resources. For example, if you have an external user that is going to work with your company for 30 days, they only need access for 30 days, right? So you'll give them an access package that's time limited to 30 days. And after those 30 days, they lose that access. And you can get that user deleted as well if you click the right box. Yeah, with access packages and access reviews, you have everything in place to manage internal but also external users and you can invite people to register and get them access to your specific application or SharePoint or whatever. Question about privileged identity management. How does privileged identity management fit into identity governance? So privilege identity management has been a feature that's been around for a while, like earlier than entitlement management and access reviews. So how it fits in identity governance, why it's part of it is because it's a solution that gives you just in time elevation of your permissions, which is part of your life cycle. You just do not only come into a company, you have to do work and you need permissions to work and access to the right things. So what privilege identity management gives you is if you need elevated rights, permissions to something, you can do that in a time-based manner controlled manner, an audited manner with privileged identity management. That's the important thing. You elevate permissions, you keep track of those in your audit logs, uh, you put an approval workflow in place if necessary. And then after that, then access reviews comes in for you to reduce the risk of any of those still role assignments that are still around so that you not give anybody uh, loads of access, they go to a different role, they get new access, and it just starts growing and growing and growing. Yeah. I think this is a great example of how you're automating things and making sure that the right people have the right access on the right time. That's, yeah, one of the, yeah, I would say, especially for elevated or privileged users, it's a great feature. There was a follow-up question from Andy, and I'm right in thinking you can use access reviews with Azure AD groups as well as users. I believe the use of access reviews is tied to specific resources, isn't it, Samantha? Yeah, so for access reviews, it works on either on group membership, whether you should have a membership of a certain group or you're assigned to a certain app. So we'll do specific on the app or Azure AD role or Azure resource role. So that's the, both of the last two are part of the PIM access reviews feature. Cool, thank you. I think that answer has been addressed. Any other questions? Yes, it's confirmed by Andy. We discussed a lot of already about identity governance, the way privileged identity management is working. Any other things we want to cover, Franz, from an identity governance perspective? No questions in the, in the chat. Well, I have another one. If we look at identity governance, it's not only entitlement management, but what about identity lifecycle management? 
Is that completely covered within identity governance or can I extend it, for example, to an hybrid or an on-prem environment? Right. So when we talk about, at least from a Microsoft point of view, when we talk about identity lifecycle management, we talk about what's like at the foundation of identity governance with like the entirety of the digital identity that we start talking about. So the whole process, like starting where the user starts in a company, like probably usually the HR solution, provisioning it, syncing it where it needs to be synced, assigning the roles, elevating privileges, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's that entire process that it's the foundation which we call identity lifecycle management and then identity governance is the name we give our feature set to ensure that like this is going to be like this is always where I stumble in this sentence like give the right people the right access to the right resources at the right time there we go <laughs> Yeah, it's and the four rights. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's including also provisioning into other applications like Salesforce, other ones that can extend Azure AD and where you can use provisioning tools for that. Yes, yes. So we call it app provisioning. So we already have loads of uh, SaaS apps that you're just mentioning that have automatic app provisioning, which is fantastic. So you only have to do your Azure AD identity, so you don't have to do an entire mirror directory in your app. But there's also skin provisioning, which then gives you the ability if you build your own app and it uses a skin protocol or you get someone like some of your other companies that you work with to support the skin protocol, you can use that for provisioning as well. Yeah, and if we look back at uh, entitlement management, there's a question popping up. I don't know if that's already addressed. If we look at entitlement management, are there only specific resources that can be managed with the access packages? I think it was in a few weeks ago that Microsoft Groups were is added into that one. Is that really specific or can we extend that one? Right. So same question for access reviews now for access packages, which is also like really confusing access reviews, access packages. Entitlement management. So for access packages, which are part of entitlement management, we can manage the membership of groups. So like you said, both security groups as Microsoft 365 groups. We can do the assignment to Azure AD integrated applications, and we can do the membership to SharePoint online sites. So those are the resources that you currently today can assign to. There are other resources coming too. So we are currently testing with three other types of resources that are going to be added there. And we're also testing improvements like more options in the approval workflow and also more options when it comes to the reviewers of that approval workflow. Does this close Samantha during Ignite or... I'm not sure whether these will go anywhere close to public preview Ignite. Maybe uh, we do make a lot of announcements at Ignite, so definitely keep an eye on that. Password, this is definitely going to be interesting announcement at uh, Ignite. That's one of the other reasons why we should join the sessions uh, on Ignite. Definitely join for Ignite. Always, always the best place to get the latest information. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And we are definitely looking forward when it comes to all the developments and particularly the topic we are discussing today in regards to passwordless and identity governance. So for my personal interest, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to those uh, topics and uh, hopefully we, we will see those new capabilities and also the journey of passwordless, also the hybrid scenario, the hybrid story. That's one of the things I discussed with France. We always eager to move forward and going modern, but yeah, we certainly do have still hybrid scenarios and I'm sure we will have them still for a quite time. I think so, but yeah, hopefully also in that perspective, we do see some great announcements. I'm getting excited to it. 
Yeah, Samantha, you already mentioned Ignite next week. But is there any other message that you want to share also coming to Ignite, even if it's virtual? But that's one. Do you have another one that we have to pick it out for identity governance, passwordless or identity in general? I think that's a really uh, like Ignite is a, is a really good one because there's going to be announcements at Ignite because we know because next week. There's many places where you can keep an eye on, but I think mostly looking out for those announcements at big events like Ignite is, I think, the most important one. Let's have a look into that one and looking forward uh, next week. And if there are some big announcements, we can schedule another one later on this year about uh, new topics coming into uh, Azure AD, for example. Definitely. I'm I'm happy to talk about anything Azure AD related. (laughs) Thank you. Samantha, thank you for being on the show and having a conversation with us and answering questions of our participants, but also from us. So big thank you for you. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, uh, Samantha. And uh, I'm glad you made it finally. Luckily, uh, <laughs> all those with the difficulties regards to your green screen. Yes, apologies uh, for the green screen and me being <laughs> very, very late. I'm happy that still everybody got to uh, stay on and <laughs> listen to this story. Again, many thanks for your time and also on behalf of our listeners and watchers. That's bringing us to the end of this live Ask Us Anything session. So let's wrap it up. The next session, I would say, is scheduled for the 2nd of March. Then will be a Tuesday webinar featuring Thomas Maurer. And he will go into more details about managing and covering your hybrid service using Azure Arc. And our next session about live Ask Us Anything is scheduled for the 23rd of March. And then we will actually heading back and recapping the Microsoft Ignite. And hopefully we'll, uh, I think um, we have a lot of topics to discuss. And I think we're also wrapping up the developments and announcements when it comes to identity governance and passwordless for sure. So looking forward to that. And again, many thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching us and stay in touch. Follow us by the various socials like Twitter. Meetup, LinkedIn, YouTube, of course, please subscribe. Again, many thanks and looking forward for the next session on behalf of France and the rest of the team. Yes, thank you. Bye.